following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. Hello again, sports fans, and welcome to another crazy Tuesday here in the SWBC Mortgage Studios for Mickey Spagnola at Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. I'm in my own SWBC Mortgage Studio at home, and Everson Walls is in his as well. And have we recovered from Sunday yet, gentlemen? No, I have not. (laughs) (laughs) That... I, I, I can still continue as if this is just a, a continual show. I, I could continue from yesterday easily if I wanted to, but I'm, I'm gonna. This is mixed shots, so I'm gonna let you guys have it. Y'all go ahead. Uh, no, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm very I'm, good. I'm recovered. Uh, you know, I've learned over all these years that when they throw in a game like that, that ain't on me. So. Uh, <laughs> I, I, and, and I and I dug a little bit more into it today. Finally, got a chance to watch uh, the majority of the All 22. So, yeah, I'm I'm yeah. locked and loaded, ready to go. All right, yeah. Well, educate you know, me, Spags. Whenever well, you're ready, and, just educate. Yeah, I'll me educate I'm at a all loss. of us. Uh, in fact, I I got through the first quarter and, and I had looked at the TV copy of the third quarter after the game on Sunday night and Monday morning. And finally, the All-22 appeared on Game Pass, and so I was able to start diving into that. I mean, I I just don't like the 36-hour or 48-hour delay on it. Uh, And so one of the things that I was talking about yesterday that you obviously, Mickey, saw as the game transpired because you were in the press box and can see who's on the field is they used that uh, five-man front from the get-go in that game yesterday or on Sunday. And, uh, you know, they to me, they just don't have the personnel to play a 3-4 defense. And, uh, and, and they had to in this case. And they don't have a, a Sam linebacker. I mean, Alden Smith is not a 4-3 Sam linebacker. And so they have, by necessity, are having to play that, especially against a run defense, a run offense like the Browns had, to have enough guys on the field, and it ain't working. I think you uh, must have read my column yesterday because I said, you know, I hate to come to four-game conclusions because there's still 12 to go. I don't mean to jump the gun. And I understand that they've got, if we include Gerald McCoy, eight starters not playing uh, at this point. But they don't have enough linebackers. They don't have... A, a, the personnel to play a 3-4 defense, which for some reason, even in the second half, they consistently tried playing this 3-4. And the other thing they don't have is the ability of these defensive ends, even if they want to line up with a four-man front, to use one of those guys as the strong side linebacker. They don't have the recognition on the line of scrimmage to do that. And so I'm glad to see somebody else saw that, you know, and I was just telling somebody today, I said, you know, when you think of it, and Everson, you chime in here, you think of a 3-4 defense, so you got those outside linebackers, but the defensive ends, part of the three, 
they're usually these big gargantuan guys. For some reason, I, I've got this vision of DeForest. Five techniques. Yeah, I, I got this vision of DeForest Buckner. You know, some some big old dude that's six. Richard four, Seymour. Yeah, three hundred pounds. They don't have that. They got these little short squatty bodies in there, and they're trying to play a three-four. And then the worst part of it, and you know, I hate to come down on this guy, but Don Terry Poe. I mean, I hear all this criticism, Jalen Smith and everything, but he he doesn't do very much up there for me. And, and so they just don't have the personnel to do it, and I don't understand why they're trying to force it. They've got three techniques. Like, like I think at some point they got to think about using, if, if they're in a four-man line, uh, Tyrone Crawford's got to be a three technique. And, and, and if he's not a three technique, then they need him to play defensive end to hold down the edge because they are not holding down the edge. Those guys are so... Uh, insistent on 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 penetrating, and then they and then when the the play goes the other way, they're out of the play. They didn't hold down the edge at all. So, uh, and then the other thing, and, and I got to get on this soapbox because I I probably listened to too much talk radio this morning, but this idea that they didn't give any effort. No, they they gave effort. They just weren't good enough. You know, I, I heard I heard. Uh, criticism of Jalen Smith on the 50-yard Odell end-around touchdown, right? He was chasing him down for 30 yards. He just couldn't catch him. He was the only one that the had only effort one, on right? that play. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> and I heard somebody say he was loafing on that play. I said, well, if he nope. loafed, he loafed for 30 yards at top speed. So I, I think what people need to do is quit making stuff up on why they got beat. They just got beat, you know? Sometimes you're not good enough, or sometimes you get outfoxed. But, uh, you know, I, I, what I hate to see is, you know, everybody's taking notes on what happened in this game just the way they took notes on their inability to pass coverage the previous game. So there. I got – you done? <laughs> Are we good? <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Well, I'm going to chime in like you allowed me to. I'm glad you uh, got that out of the way. But uh, – the first thing is, that game itself, the game plan, we were out-schemed. Let's just be real about it. We were out-schemed. We were out-coached. Uh, I talked about yesterday about how no matter what your personnel is, you have to be able to make your game plan adapt to not just your personnel, but who you're going to be playing that particular Sunday. I saw us as being a very, just like last year, just like the year before, I saw us being very uh, 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 stubborn about our game plan. You can tell early on if your game plan is going to work. And you can tell what adjustments are going to be, be made before the first quarter is over, especially depending on how, how much the opposition has the ball. We made no adjustments, just like we've done in the previous seasons. It reminds me of the Atlanta game. You know, you just let that get, get pummeled out there. Never made the adjustment. Uh, offensively. Well, defensively is what we did this particular time. So all I can say about that is I hope we don't play another team that has that type of uh, formation or personnel that they rely upon. What we have shown is that whoever we plays against us in the future, they will have that package prepared for us. Even though this may not be the opposition's game plan 
or what their, their mantra is, what their culture is, they're going to have a moment or a, a game plan situation where they're going to say the Cowboys cannot stop the run with this particular personnel in the game. That's going to be something they'll see throughout the entire rest of the season. So for the, re for the other 12 games that we're going to see, every team we play, if they don't already have it in their package, they're going to have that personnel package in their game plan when they, need, when they play the Cowboys. And when they want to keep the Cowboys offense off the field, when they want to keep that running game off the field, it's like trying to keep Buffalo's K, uh, K, what is it, K gun offense off the field. You're going to have to have a good running game just like the, the Giants did in Super Bowl 25. That's what you're going to have to have. And the other thing is um, your D lineman. Uh, you talked about Poe. He's not the only one. If you're going to let your offensive lineman uh, gain position on you so that he can therefore gain position on the next level, which is the linebacker, Jalen Smith, in this example, you're going to have to make a play as that D lineman. If you let uh, that D line, if you let that offensive lineman get past you to go to the next level and cut off that linebacker, then you as a defensive lineman, you'd better shoot the gap and make that play. Otherwise, you have to keep your roaming linebackers, such as a Jalen Smith, such as a Joe Thomas, you have to keep them free so that they can, what we used to call tango up and down the line of scrimmage. That's all you have. That, that middle linebacker is supposed to be the guy that fills that gap when the, when the offense runs wide. If he doesn't fill that gap, then that means that he's been blocked. If he's been blocked, that means that the D lineman should be the one to take, uh, take the blame for that. We saw that all game long. We saw it all last year. We saw it in the Thanksgiving game. We saw it against Buffalo. We saw it against Minnesota. So right now, we are looking at a deja vu moment that we just can't wake up from. So, Mickey, Mickey, what do you think their defensive game plan would have been in this case against Cleveland if they had either Leighton Van Der Esch or Sean Lee available? What, what do you think scheme-wise they would have done on defense? I think if they had both of those guys available, they would No, have not both of them. Not both of them. Just one just, of them? Just one of them. All they needed was one of them, Van Der Esch or Sean Lee. If they had Van Der Esch, then, then he's in the middle – and, and see, here's the other thing about Jalen Smith. He's never played that weak side linebacker, I don't think. This is a position change for him. And his recognition on, uh, as, as that, that, that position to me is like playing safety. You've got to recognize what's going to happen before it happens. You have to be able to diagnose things. And I don't think he does that well out there, not yet anyway, because he's never played that spot before. He's used to being in the middle. I think with, I think with Van Der Esch in the middle, he, he's, he's a physically stronger guy than Joe Thomas, and maybe he can fight off some of those blocks. Uh, and then nope. the other thing is... He didn't do it last year, Spags. Yeah, and he then did the not other do thing, it last year. And then the other thing is... You would you you would you would you would have the ability to play a real linebacker as the strong side linebacker instead of a defensive end, Dorrance Armstrong or Alden Smith, who aren't used to playing that spot. 
Uh, and that's what they try right. to do. And they don't have enough linebackers right now. Now, if you had both of those guys, Vanderish in the middle, Sean Lee is the strong side linebacker where he started most of his games last year, and then Jalen on the weak side. And if Jalen's not working on the weak side, you put Sean over there, you put Jalen on the strong side. Uh, but they just I, I, don't I, have the personnel. Here's what you, here's what you would see. I was, I was going to talk about this yesterday, Bill, because you brought this up about Sean Lee. The, the, we know the weakness of Sean Lee is the fact that, first of all, he, just give, he goes all out, okay, and he's usually going to injure himself because he's going to stick his head in there even though he might be at a major disadvantage. What we, see, what we would see with Sean Lee is, number one, quicker recognition on any play that right. they have. Right. That's how Sean Lee gets hurt a lot, and this is not a, 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 put, a put down. He's always quickly recognizing everything, and he shoots that gap so fast. That's how sometimes he ends up getting injured, but that's also how he makes so many plays. He realizes he's not strong enough, Bill, so that's why he shoots the gap, tries to blow everything up for his teammates or before everything gets started by the offense. He stalls their momentum from the beginning of the play, before it even gets started. If you're talking Van Der Esch, with what we've seen, Van Der Esch's recognition is not as good, but he's also stronger. The problem we had last year was, first of all, he was a little bit injured, so he was really not at full strength. But they still were successful a bit against uh, Van Der Esch as well. I don't care who the linebacker is. If you're a D lineman, don't keep you free as a linebacker, then you are going to be nullified. And if they don't make the play, then you're going to be looking at uh, 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 being slashed by the, uh, the, the running back, as we saw last year at the, beginning of, at the end of the year, and as we have seen at the beginning of this year. Your D lineman must make the play. The communication between the D lineman and the linebacker must be there. It's almost like the flex, the flex Spags. The flex defense was all about D linemen controlling the gaps so that they can't be penetrated and the, off, the, the uh, linebacker can roam from sideline to sideline. The same concept, but it's not working. You know, there, but there was a domino effect by the, the fact that they don't have that third linebacker. There's a domino effect on that defensive line now where uh, Don Terry Poe and Tristan Hill were playing way too many snaps in this game. Uh, Tristan Hill played 64 snaps in this game and Don Terry Poe played 59. Those guys need to be playing half that number of snaps in a 4-3 defense. And then you got Tyrone Crawford who can spell them in there. He had 33 snaps in the game. And, and if you have that third linebacker, whether it's Van Der Esch whether it's Sean Lee and however you're going to play those three linebackers, then Alden Smith can play a 4-3 defensive end uh, and Demarcus Lawrence, they can rotate. You've got guys that are playing. Demarcus Lawrence, I mean, in a, essentially they're playing a five-man, they were playing a five-man front once they fell behind. And so Demarcus Lawrence is playing a 3-4 outside linebacker, which is he he's not doesn't have experience doing that in, in his career. And so it was a, a, a domino effect when you don't have that third starting linebacker and uh, to, to play the run. 
and to be able to play the pass as well. And what and what Cleveland was able to do offensively with their second tight end, Harrison Bryant, he's really a hybrid between a tight end and a wide receiver. And so they could go either way. Well, and, and that's and their play action stuff was working great. He did a good job as far as being even if he was used as a third wide receiver, then he could run a route as a second tight end. He is effective in in, run, in pass block or run blocking, and um, so that's where the Cowboys got I think got caught on defense because they did not they do not have a replacement on their roster apparently for losing two tight ends in their four three scheme. And, and think about this. Their tight ends combined for nine catches for 71 yards and a touchdown. They, they had no answer for their uh, tight ends. So I think, uh, I think we fixed it, you know. Now they just got to listen to us. <laughs> I mean, look, look, you know, and whether here, it's... here's my point also. And I thought this was one of the best things Jimmy Johnson did as a head coach and especially with a defensive mind. He did, he, he did not fool himself on his personnel. He self-scouted his personnel, and he understood the strong points and the weak points, and he played his hand to those uh, aspects. He didn't, he, didn't over, he didn't over convince himself that, yeah, this guy's better than you know, we think. No, it's like if this guy can't do that, then we're not doing this. And I think you have to self scout. Hey, you know how you know how he learned that. You know what you know how he learned that. What's that? He learned that from 1989 by going one in 15. He learned a lot (laughs) in one in in 1989. Right. So did I. We were (laughs) we both learned together that there's a lot of limitations in what your teammates can or cannot do, and the goal the game plan as well. It doesn't matter how you draw it up. You can't get blood from a rock. And uh, that's what we tried to do a whole lot in 1989. Did not work. So, yeah, that's, lesson that's learned. Where Everson learned in 1989 that I, I got to get out of here. I got to fraternize with this Arizona Cardinal player and get out of here. Do whatever I can to just get on that whisper jet. Get me the heck out of there, buddy. All right. We continue with more Mick shots in just a moment. <laughs> hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery, Cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. Make the most of summer with Ford, America's best-selling brand during the Ford Summer Sales Event. With great offers on a huge selection of Ford SUVs and the largest selection of truck inventory to choose from. Get huge offers across the Ford lineup. So grab the family and head out. Ford's helping you make the most out of summer. It's easier now during the Ford Summer Sales Event. Based on 2019 calendar year total sales. Based on auto data compact and full-size stock inventory as of June 2020. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? 
Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Back, back, back to Mick Shots. Let me ask you this. Does your Cowboys fandom go beyond the game? As part of the NFL Fan of the Year contest, we're launching a search for one extraordinary Cowboys fan who is a positive influence and inspires others through their love of the game. Visit NFL.com slash Fan of the Year now to learn more and nominate today. You know... After Sunday's game, if you can find an extraordinary Cowboys fan (laughs) who is a positive influence and inspires others, now that would be an extraordinary Cowboys fan, don't you think? Billy, it'd be extraordinary to find one right now. You're right. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. You should do this for a living, Bill. Announcer Bill. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, coming off that game. Yeah, I'm thinking man. if you can find a Cowboys fan who is a positive influence and inspires others, now that would be an extraordinary Cowboys fan. <laughs> hey, how about, how about uh, after oh watching the majority of that game again, I give you a uh, positive mix shot. I'll okay. guarantee you Olivier Vernon was glad when that game was over because Tyron Smith put a clinic on that dude when he was trying to rush the quarterback. And I remember, you know, when everybody used to say, you know, don't don't let Tyron get his hands on you because once he locks up, it's over, right? You ain't going anywhere. And I, I watched pass rush after pass rush. I think I saw one so far where he kind of got around him. But, boy, he put a clinic on blocking a defensive end. That's good to hear. That, that's about as normal a situation that I've heard in quite some time. Coming from an offensive line that was considered the best in the NFL, hand down, especially starting in 2016, uh, uh, before the injuries uh, beset us all, and uh, with, a, with a retirement, of course, from the uh, disease. Uh, we are now pretty much just an average offensive line with uh, one or two very good superstars on that team. But that, that one of the two, you don't know when he's going to play. You don't know when he's going to be full strength. So, you know, people talk about the talent we have on this team. We still have the talent, but we've got to work a lot harder to display that talent, considering the fact that our O-line has been decimated over the last few years. You know, well, and, and, and it's thing. great seeing Tyron Smith out there. And, and Mickey, one, let me make one more point on uh, Olivier Vernon. He did make one play 
on the second series of the game right before the C.D. Lamb touchdown where he stopped Zeke for a one-yard loss, but Tyron Smith wasn't blocking him. He, uh, Dalton Schultz was left alone on him on that play. And that, that's the one time that I marked down Olivier Vernon's name and then going back and looking at the coach's film, uh, Schultz got stuck on him on that, on that particular play and there was a one-yard loss. But, but, okay, so go ahead and make your point there, Mickey. And then, and then I thought Tyler Biotish played awfully well uh, for a guy that uh, has now played, what did I write down here? I think he's played like 133 snaps over the last two games at center. And I think he's got mobility to him. Not only does he know where to go block, uh, but he can get out on the screen passes too. And I thought he did a good job in space on a couple of those, uh, picking off somebody. So I, I think, I, you know what, uh, Joe Looney might just get Wally pipped on this one uh, because I think they got to like what they saw from <laughs> Biotis. I love well, that reference. I love it. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and I think this was the game plan and, and by the, okay, so Mickey, give us an update on Joe Looney. He's got an MCL. What are we looking at, like probably, on MC, him? It sounds like he's got a sprained MCL, and it's usually when you get those, it's usually two to three, two to four weeks uh, on just kind of a normal one, not a severe one. Uh, so yeah, he's going to be out the next couple of weeks. Now, the the scary thing now is who's your backup center it, it, right. in case something happens to Beatish. Uh They've got the guy. Oh, I'm forgetting his name. He he was uh, Henry. He's I th- believe he's on the practice squad, uh, a backup center, um, and, and so you know he might be a guy that they would activate. I got to check to see now if he's still uh, on the practice squad because he was one of the guys that was playing center for him. I've got him still on the practice yeah. squad. Yeah, so Marcus a, Henry. So he's a guy that they they could basically call up because they really don't have another guy. Uh, that has any experience playing center. Um, and if you think about it, when they started training camp and, and he was running second team at center before uh, Beatish took over uh, as, the, as the backup. So they might have to do that because I, I heard somebody say, well, uh, Connor Williams is next man up. He's never played a snap at center. You, you can't count on that. Um, and so I would think that they may have to see. They could have used Cam Irving if he was healthy because he's played all three spots. But he's on IR, and his sprained MCL sounded like it was more four to six than two to four. Uh, so now, you know, well, great, you got this guy, but until Looney gets back, you know, you're going to have to find a backup center. Can Zach Martin, uh, is he – that diverse? No, no, I don't think I don't you know. want to mess just, with that. I, no, I mean, <laughs> he could. Zach, Zach Martin is certainly capable of playing any position on that offensive line. But, it may come uh, to that. It may that's come right. To that. I mean, so Connor McGovern is your swing inside guy, right, uh, Mickey? And yeah, so if something happens. But he hasn't played center since 2017 at Penn State. Right. And he didn't really get any, I didn't ever see him in training camp get any snaps at center. So yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. You're gonna have, you're gonna have to have three: a backup tackle, a backup guard, and a backup center. Because you want eight, so you can keep uh, eight linemen, so you can keep 48 on your on your active roster. 
on game day. And I haven't studied these. I haven't studied the newcomers that they picked up since the start of the regular season, which was Alex Light uh, and uh, Eric Smith, to to know how they would play inside at all, and yeah, if I they have any experience guys, Bill, at center. I thought those guys, Bill, were kind of more guard center. I mean, guard tackle type guys. I did tackle. I, I did too. I, I did too. Remember seeing any right. any any center. Uh, experience there so that's going to be something that you know uh, we need to keep an eye on but I think they they I think they've hit a home run uh, with Biotish and I always thought if they had and I thought so at the draft yes I thought so if they had a normal I thought so, season yeah. a normal training camp uh, a normal preseason that that would have given him time to win that job and then Joe Looney could play his spot the backup center guard on game day and that's a valuable spot to have. Right. So, yeah, we'll see how but that one goes. Keep in mind on Biotish, you know, he was a Remington Award winner at Wisconsin. Uh, he's a three-year starter, whatever he was at Wisconsin. He had an injury issue there uh, that dropped him as far as his draft stock goes. Um, and, and, in fact, he even had an injury issue in this offseason. I don't remember exactly what it was. Uh, which limited him as far as, and of course, COVID, the pandemic, it limited him as far as his exposure. Uh, but the fact that they traded up for him late in the fourth round showed what they thought of Biotish. And, and I agree with you, Mickey, that I think if they had a normal offseason, that they were, would have given him the opportunity to win that starting center spot. Because ideally, you, wanted, you would love to have him to have just blossomed. He's the, your starting center, and then Looney's your swing guy inside, um, especially with his experience at center. So they'll do what they can here in the in the meantime. Uh, but you're ever since your points on that offensive line. Uh, yeah, you aren't sure. You hope that Tyron Smith is back healthy again, and you can just have him be your Pro Bowl left tackle the rest of the season. Zach Martin, your Pro Bowl right guard. There's still issues with Connor Williams at left guard. And then at right tackle now, the, with the news coming out over the weekend that Lyle Collins is having the hip surgery and he's gone, uh, you just, you're going to have to make do out there. And by the way, well, Jerry one thing, talked about I'm hoping Connor. that he can live up to his... Uh... Jerry talked Go ahead. about Go ahead, yeah. Jerry talked about Lael Collins, and he said as of today, it looks like uh, he's headed towards surgery. He said everything's not certain, but that's the way it looks. So they're probably without Lael Collins. So you know, Brandon Knight for the season. For the season. So Brandon Knight, who yes. took over for Steele, who was struggling, actually did okay, uh, but they gave him help. And, you know, when you go back to what we were talking about before, the self-scouting thing, I don't know why they thought they could leave uh, Terrence Steele out there on his own uh, against Miles Garrett. Not, not every snap, right? Uh, and so when they moved Knight out there, he did a decent job, but they did a lot of chipping. And they had a tight end over there quite a bit to help him out. And it, and it kind of worked because after that first quarter and a half we didn't hear much from miles garrett after that by the way uh and so and the one time he did put pressure on on dak zeke missed his chip and and, and allowed him to come through and, and and it caused some problems for dak he had to step up and then he had to end up throwing the ball away so uh they learned something about themselves after that that first quarter and a half that okay we can't just sit here and say, ah, next guy up, right? That's that guy's job. 
There's a reason why he's the next guy, right? He ain't the guy. <laughs> well, you can't say that about Beatus. That's why they call him Mr. Badass. Yeah, right. right? There are certain there are certain guys that you that can come through. There are certain guys where you can say next man up. There used to be an entire culture of them just waiting to get in and play. But nowadays, it seems like everyone is just, we're going to adhere to what the narrative is about me. I'm not going to get any better than that because they say I'm not going to get any better than that. And that doesn't bode well for teams who are trying to win this battle of attrition as we go throughout the season. Because that's, what, that's the biggest battle right now. The injury report. That's the biggest game, that, that's the biggest opponent that we have right now when it comes to this Cowboys team. So the more guys that we can say can accept that next man up moniker, then the better off we'll be. Because right now, <laughs> you're going to have some practice guys out there in the thick of things by the time <laughs> November comes. And that might be just the best case scenario for us. So we got to be ready to play. No excuses. And the Cowboys are not the only ones having this problem. It's a league-wide thing. Let's see just how good we are up and down our roster. Let's see just how good we are on who we sign. It's going to be a, I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, year, and uh, I just can't wait to see what happens at the end of it because we're going to hear some names that we've never heard of in our lives coming off the practice field, and they might be – very integral when it comes to the Cowboys' success. Let's hope so and anyway. And we're seeing that across the league right now. Yes. I mean, when you look yes. at uh, – and by the way, uh, we got to go to break here. A couple of points on you know 77. It was great to see Tyron Smith back on the field for the Cowboys. If you have a chance to go look at the coach's film, look at 77 for Cleveland. And there's mm. a big reason why the Cowboys' defensive line was having some issues doing anything in that game. Wyatt Teller, number 77 mm. for Cleveland at right guard. Uh, he, is, uh, he was originally drafted in the fifth round by Buffalo, and for some reason they traded him to Cleveland. And he is now emerging at age whatever he is, 26, is one of the top offensive guards in this league. And they got a two-time pro bowler at left guard. Their offensive line and what they've done, they drafted the first rounder as well at left tackle, and they've got Jack Conklin at right tackle. They're a big reason why Cleveland is 3-1 and one right now. Um, and, and then you look at Philadelphia and all the injuries that they've had on their offensive line. And prior to their game against San Francisco, you talk about injuries. San Francisco's got more injuries than oh, any, virtually goodness. any team in the league. <laughs> and Philadelphia was able to patch the offensive line together enough to win that game at San Francisco. And now they're sitting here in first place in uh, this division. It won't last long. <laughs> Don't worry. It won't last long. And Bill, I'll there tell you, you what, All right. when we come back from break, I got another guy. The next guy up may just be the guy. Oh, can't wait to hear that when Mix Shots continues. I bet I know who it is when Mix Shots continues in a moment. I bet you do. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. 
And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women who get together every week proudly wearing the star to share a three-hour-long ritual of cheering, shouting at the TV, and raising their Miller Lite together while yelling, how about them boys? You call it Miller Time and Cowboys Nation. Here's to the only beer of the Cowboys celebrating 60 years of greatness. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back, 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 to mixed shots. Craving AT&T Stadium's famous Cowboys cheesesteak, nachos, or Cowboy Rita when you're watching the Cowboys at home? Bring your favorite stadium fare to you. Pickup and delivery options available via Online ordering every week. Check out the menu at attstadium.com slash at home. You can get your ballpark fare at your house. It's not a bad idea. All right, yeah. Love that. By the way, there is... The, the uh, macaroni and cheese. I want the macaroni and cheese. That's all right, the best well, thing order it up. The they, they might even deliver it to you. <laughs> yeah. That, that's good uh, stuff. By the way, that, there that's is a uh, go-to entree. We've got a couple of playoff teams in Arlington this week. That's and right. And the next week and the next week. That's right. we got postseason baseball, baseball at Globe Life Field starting tonight. Dodger baseball, the Dodgers and the Padres tonight. And then the National League Championship Series next week. And then the World Series. So, yes, we have playoff teams in Arlington. And as Everson alluded to, we're still holding out hope here that there will be a playoff team playing at the other stadium in Arlington. That would be our stadium, Just AT&T Stadium. And one of the reasons why, Mickey is going to present that right now here on Mix Shots. And, uh, Mickey, I'm thinking you teased it, next man up. Okay, who was the next man up in that game uh, the other day? Uh, Everson, can you think of who would have been next man up on that defense. It's a defensive player, right, Mickey? Yes, absolutely. D- okay, I'm thinking it's nobody in the front seven. There you go. All right. <laughs> so, like, the fifth play of the game, there was next man up after Jarvis Landry threw a touchdown pass that beat Darian Thompson to Odell Beckham Jr. So I'm thinking uh, you were teasing maybe next man up at the safety position number 37. Number 37. Donovan Wilson, yes. He ended up taking over, and I guarantee you he played more snaps in that game than he had in his career 
as a defensive player at safety. Uh, I, if I remember correctly, he had 70, 70 snaps in the game. So the rest of the way, he played 90% of the snaps. And look, he wasn't perfect. I saw a couple times he made mistakes, missed a tackle or two, but he finished with 10 tackles to lead the team. He had one sack, a tackle for a loss, and a quarterback hit. So almost playing like a rookie because most of the time last year he was inactive or he was just a special teams guy. And they had been grooming him more and more uh, to, to be able to play on, on the first team defense. And, you know, I thought he did a decent job. He had, he had an alignment problem or assignment problem on the goal line on the touchdown pass to... I think it was Beckham. It, no, I no, I think it was the tight end. Maybe uh, 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 Worley. Worley, Worley ended up covering like two guys, and before the snap, Worley was kind of motioning him to move over, move over, and he kind of froze. and And Worley actually had he he was one guy on three receivers, and that didn't turn out so well. Yes, <laughs> uh, but but other he was than, playing. He was playing Red Rover, Red Rover, and <laughs> Donovan Wilson didn't come over. And, and, but other than that, and I, and I still don't know what happened on the 50-yard reverse to Odell Beckham because he was coming like a boy. He was coming across the field like he was shot out of a cannon, and then all of a sudden I just see him fly by, and, and he missed the tackle. And I don't know how he missed it. Um, but anyway, I, I, oh, I can I, I can tell you, I can tell you, I, I he had no help. That's why he assumed when he when he hauled ass over there, right? Because Beckham was hauling ass himself. He was he was gonna meet him as best he could. But there was so much trash in the way. You would, you assumed that Trayvon Diggs was gonna make the play, and I don't know what happened to him. He just ended up floating out of bounds. It's as if. Uh, the move that Beckham made, uh, they thought he was going to step out of bounds. And I don't know why they thought that, because he's got the maneuverability of one of the greatest athletes. So his move inside was a good move, but it wasn't a great move. When you overcommit too much to the sideline, the sideline is your defender. Right. That's one of your defenders, but for some reason, they're all running to the sideline. No, you have to gather yourself use the sideline as your friend. No one did that uh, when it came to Cowboy Pursuit. Uh, not Diggs, uh, not uh, Wilson, and, and that's why Jalen Smith was left uh, trying to chase him down. If someone would have just given, just halted his progress a little bit, then Jalen's going to come, come from behind and probably knock the heck out of him. But no one made the play. Typical. And you know what? Another thing on Jalen on that one, he was on the opposite side of the field. He, he, he had he had stepped up to the line of scrimmage like he bit on the on the play fake, uh, which that linebacker's yeah. got to cover that side, and he had to come all the way. He has to. He field. has to respect that. Right. Yes. And and so yeah. you know anybody that tells me he was loafing on that play, they don't know what they're talking no. about, or they didn't watch the game. They just assumed, right? Uh, but I thought Donovan Wilson did a and, nice job, especially uh, in run support. Uh, I thought he did a good job, and you know he'll have to work on his coverage pro uh, deal. But uh, I, when, the way Mike Nolan answered the question 
uh, during his uh, conference call yesterday, and somebody asked about you know making the switch, and he says, well, after the uh, you know the end around pass to for a touchdown, he said we decided to you know try something a little bit different, and he spoke well of what uh, Donovan Wilson did in the game. Let's but you know that guys. they were thinking Once about it coming into the game. Your safeties and your defensive backs as your leading tacklers on the field, you got a problem. And if, if mm -hmm. it keeps going like this, we will have one of our safeties will be our leading uh, tackler on the field, and that will probably not bode well for what's been going on with our front seven. Well, and here you go, uh, just to uh, highlight that, Everson, the, 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 the guy that had the most tackles of the defensive line, the defensive front, it was Antoine Woods. He had five assisted tackles. He was the top guy. Everson Griffin had three tackles, one assist, and four. Lawrence had uh, also had had three, and Tristan Hill had three. Uh, but yeah, when it, it, it six guys had to have more tackles than the defensive linemen, you know you're having problems yep. up front. Yeah. Oh, and one other, uh, one other Alden note. Smith. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Alden Smith. I was going. Alden Smith had 54 snaps in that game, and he's had over 60 in the last two games prior to that. Do you think he's? You think that's a good number for him, or would you like to see more of a rotation at the defensive end spot? I think it's too many. Uh, I think that if, I did too. If, if they could keep him to around 40 snaps or so. Uh, then I, I think that's about right. Because if you think about it, he's had one good game, one off game. One good game, one, one kind of off game where he, he's not as active. And his body's probably just not used to getting hit like that uh, and, and, and probably needs some time to recover when you have that many snaps. He looks, he looks exhausted. He looks exhausted. Yeah. After right. every drive. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> and, and that's why I would like to see them go to a, just go to a 4-3 defense and, and, and rotate Lawrence, Griffin, uh, Smith, and Armstrong at right. the defensive ends, and then you rotate your inside guys, and, and those guys are going to be fresher that way. Also in yesterday's... But you need a linebacker. Right. Also in yesterday's conference call, I thought this was interesting with John Fossil. Uh, they asked him about, you know, how they played the block punt and, and Jalen trying to pick it up. And he said, well, we were going to have a block on, and we knew we needed to score points. So the last thing he said he reminded everybody, he goes, if we block it, just remember scoop and score. And unfortunately, I don't think he was talking to when the ball was at your own five-yard line <laughs> to pick it up and run 95 yards for a two-point conversion. So uh, unfortunately, yeah, uh, Jalen Leon led it and, and allowed them to recover in the end zone for, for the Hey, for that's it. not fair to make Leon let a verb, okay? That is not fair. And they get Leon a, is a hell of a player. They get a I also conversion. figured out. I also figured out on my own, I woke up this morning with this thought. Remember yesterday I said something about on prior to that fourth and two and Dak's fastball touchdown pass to Amari Cooper, that in that timeout that McCarthy was talking to Fossil on the sideline, it dawned on me this morning he was asking about a fake field goal. 
they they were they the other option might have been and I'm just speculating I have right. no idea right but I, I was it. trying to figure out it. why I is he talking to Fossil on the sideline and I thought well is there something wrong with Zerline I mean it wasn't that long of a field goal and so the only thing I could figure is they were looking at okay what what do you how do you think about a fake field goal what play do you got for a fake field goal and they decided to run a play instead what do you think yeah like that I think that I like it keep it up yeah keep it up absolutely yeah and, and the other the other thing That's why you got to watch those network TV cameras and not have your special teams coach come over and talk to you <laughs> you might give it away if and I then, can figure it out the other team might be able to and then in uh, all right in I Kellen that, Moore's in real quick on Kellen Moore's they they asked him on the two point conversion were you getting towards the end of the uh, two-point conversion plays that you had on your sheet and he goes we pretty much exhausted it he goes the good thing is though you can always use you can always use your goal line plays as your two-point conversions yeah there you go well they worked well the other day that's for sure all right we continue with more mix shots and no telling what Mickey is going to come up with tomorrow on the next player to emerge to turn around this season. I'll have to pull out my Jimmy Johnson book, turning this thing around for tomorrow's show. We'll Hump see you tomorrow. Day. <laughs> this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!